Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Hey guys, welcome back to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis. And on this podcast, we undress the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. And man, we've got a Great, great topic today. We're going to be diving into in just a few minutes. Um, it's it's uh, it's it's related to sex, but a very specific aspect of it, and one of the most common questions and issues that we get written about. So, thank for uh, thanks to you guys who write us. Thanks for those of you who help contribute by sending us your issues and your topics. And also, thanks to those who leave reviews. When you leave a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening. You're helping other people discover this podcast. So my lovely bride, Ashley, is going to read uh, one of the recent reviews. Yes, this is from Kayla Jean Hansen. It says, I've been following Dave and Ashley for a while now, so I was beyond excited when they started this podcast. My husband and I both listen to this podcast separately throughout the week and then come together and talk about it. They offer both a husband and wife's perspective, and it's been interesting and insightful to see the different things that my husband and I take away from it. Well done for creating a podcast that not only encourages communication, but helps facilitate it. If you're married or even seriously dating, you need to subscribe ASAP. I love that. Like that is awesome. And I love how they listen separately, but come together and talk about it. You know, we hear that a lot from couples. We were actually at the gym the other day and we, you know, this couple came up to us and we're like, we have listened, we listened to your podcast and now, you know, we're going to walk around the track of the gym and talk about it. And it just made us like, that's, that's beam, why we you do know, this. we love it. We, it's why we do what we do is to help you guys who are listening grow closer together and have some, some tools to help you communicate and have new conversations. And so thanks to all of you who are listening. It means a lot. It does. So let's dive in. We've got a pretty serious topic today, and it's one of the most common questions and issues that we get talked about, messaged about on Facebook and on email. Even just yesterday, uh, a guy wrote us with with this issue, and the issue is, what do I do when my spouse just doesn't want to have sex with me? And there are mm-hmm. so many people, so and it's not a gender-specific issue. You know, there are a lot of husbands who write us and say, my wife won't have sex with me, but then there are a lot of heartbroken wives who write. Yes. And they say, I don't know what the deal is. Um, My husband won't have sex with me or not nearly with the level of frequency that I desire. And that gap is creating distance in the marriage. It can create resentment in the marriage. Um, And it can be a factor that ultimately will unravel a marriage altogether. And so it really is a big factor to address. Um, When one spouse feels sexually starved or sexually neglected and the other spouse just doesn't seem to have nearly the same libido or even concern for it. What do you do in that situation when there's a there's a huge lopsided sex drive? It's so hard. I mean, it really is. It's such a difficult thing to deal with because 
it is so important. And we talked about this so many times on, on this podcast because it is so important that, you know, sex needs to be happening often. And there are, you know, very rare circumstances where maybe one or both partners can't for whatever reason. But even in the Bible, this is not just our opinion, okay? Even in the Bible, it talks about this. It says to not refuse one another, to not withhold sex from one another. Yeah. And it says, and if you do, let it be a short time and let it be a time of like prayer and reflection. With, with mutual consent. With mutual like, consent, that, right. That's the Bible's opinion, not not ours. You, right. you think, man, the Bible's talking that specifically about sex. Yes, yes, because God wants your sex life and your marriage to thrive. He wants to safeguard you from the temptation and the frustration right that comes when you neglect this sacred gift and responsibility of sex. And I think that we never want to look at sex as a responsibility. We love looking at it as a gift, which it is, but it also is a responsibility. Right. And you look what it, Paul wrote to the church in Corinth in the New Testament, um, and it's very, very specific about saying like, listen, husbands, you, you're you giving up, and a lot of, you're giving up rights to your own body when right. you say I do for the sake of your wife. Wives, you're giving up rights to your own body for the sake of your husband. And that's part of what a covenant marriage is, is putting the needs of the other ahead of your own. And so to challenge the person who's just not in the mood as much, I would say mood is not, it, there's so many factors bigger than mood. If yeah. you only do in your marriage what you feel like doing when you feel like doing it, then there's going to come a time when <laughs> oh, your spouse yeah. just doesn't feel like being married anymore. And so if right. if the trump card is, if I don't feel like it, I'm not going to do it, then that means your spouse can say, well, I don't feel like talking to you, so I'm not going to do it. I don't feel like showing kindness to you, so I'm not going to do it. I don't feel like prioritizing time together, so I'm not going to do it. And eventually, you're going to say, I don't feel like being married, so I'm not going to do it anymore. Right. I feel like getting a divorce attorney. We can't worship our feelings. Sometimes we have to we have to lead with our commitments, and we have right. to lead with love and let our feelings catch up. And so now, I know it's complicated, and it's with this issue of sex specifically, because we don't want to just feel like, well, I don't want to just be this warm, lifeless body that is on call, on demand for my yeah. spouse, you know, anytime. I don't want to just be this this lifeless sex doll that's there and has to, you know, meet their needs. Because obviously sexual intimacy and fulfillment is about so much more than that. And if one spouse is always expecting the other to fulfill desires in that in that way, then you're missing out really on what the gift of sex is altogether. But this, like all aspects of marriage, there has to be a fierce drive to serve the needs of the other spouse. Right. And if if one spouse has a high need for sex and you're not doing anything to meet that need, you got to think of it this way. You are the only legitimate source of sexual fulfillment on earth for your spouse. And so for you to starve them and neglect them, them in that way, man, it's putting them in a terrible position. Like if, right. if your spouse is, is hungry for food, there's lots of places they can go get food. If your spouse is, you know, has a desire for whatever, there's lots of places they can go get it. But when it comes to sexual fulfillment, you as the spouse are the only source on earth by God's design that can fulfill that need. You know, we're not meant to turn to pornography. We're not obviously meant to turn to other people. Right. It's only for the marriage bed. And so, for, again, if, if, you're, if you're neglecting that, and we're going to get into some of like the medical reasons and hormonal reasons right. um, that can play into this. But I just want to, I want to first challenge that spouse that has just said, my spouse should be content with, with whatever whatever timetable I give them, you know, with whatever rations they get, whether I say it's once a week or it's twice a month or it's once a month. And your spouse, other spouse might be saying, I want it every day, or I want it, you know, three times a week, or I, I really have this strong desire and I'm being rationed and I feel like I'm being starved 
um, by my other spouse. And it just, it creates so much distance. It creates pain and, and eventually um, resentment. Yeah, and oh, so definitely. I just want to give that strong challenge, though, to the spouse that just feels like, well, I don't have the same need, and so I don't need se- sex that much, and so he shouldn't either, or she shouldn't either, because that mindset is so toxic. It's like saying, well, I don't need to talk that much, so I'm so she shouldn't need that much conversation. I'm not going to give it to her. I don't need whatever. You can't base what your spouse needs only on what you need. You have to you have to work to meet each other's needs. It's so true, and I think this is something where people do kind of stick stick their you know heels in, so to yeah. speak, and are like, "Well, this is just how I feel. I'm sorry. I'm just not this crazy sexual person, you know. Like, sorry, you know." And they just kind of toss up their hands. But again, just like what Dave said, we it, this is an opportunity where we can serve each other and where we really need to serve each other. And you know, if we don't have the higher need we probably need to ask our spouse, like, you know, would, would you like to have sex today? Or are you in the mood today? Because we're not gonna, again, we don't have that, that higher need for sex. And so we don't maybe have the, the need for as much frequency as our spouse. So this is something where you wanna talk to them because again, you don't want to hang them out to dry and leave them starving. And, 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 and not to say that this is some kind of excuse for the sex-starved spouse to go out and do these things. So please do not misunderstand us in this. Like, you cannot look at your spouse and be like, well, you're not having sex with me as much as I want, so that's why I have a porn problem. You know, like, you can't use that as an excuse. But I do want to say for the sex that doesn't have as much of a need for sex as their spouse, you know, try try your best to really meet that need because it's going to bring you closer together. It's going to help your spouse uh, to not be, you know, having more temptation in their life because they do have a higher sex drive. But it's also, it's really going to help their mood. I mean, that's something, in our relationship, we've been very open about this. Dave has the higher need for sex than me as far as frequency. Like he he just needs it more often. That's probably more information than you wanted to know, but I'm just being real here. And so it's something where I will ask him. Like I, I'm just really open and honest with him and like, hey, you ready? <laughs> you know? And I've noticed you that- You are the best, well, best spouse on the planet. Let me say this. I haven't always been that way though. Like it for a long time, I would get frustrated and I kind of, you know, wasn't exactly probably meeting his need for frequency. And so it's something I've had to learn. But I will say the more sex that we have, like the more I want to have sex. Yeah. And I've, I've talked to other couples about that. And that's pretty a pretty universal thing. Like the more you have it, the more you want it. And so the less you have it, the less you want it. So if you already have like a low sex drive and and you're, you know, not having sex often at all, then you probably never think about right. it. Right, you know? yeah, because you're, you're conditioning yourself to right. just not need it when your spouse is just dying a thousand deaths and starving. Exactly. So even if you're doing it, and you're thinking like, I'm not even fully into it right now. Well, you don't have to be. Just think of it at first as like, I'm I'm doing this as I a way to help serve my, right. my I want to honor my spouse. I want to do this for them. You know, I'm going to do, so just to get, you know, blunt and practical, I'm going to give a, a few minutes even of my day to like, because <laughs> yeah. if they're that ready to go, it's probably not even going to take long. So <laughs> it, to, to help meet a need that they can't get met any other, any other place. And I'm telling right. you, is that is the spouse who has a high need for sex, when that need is met, that's that spouse with the, with the need feeling like that it's being met, they're going to want to serve your needs in every way. I, I really feel like every other aspect of the marriage will start to improve. Your communication, your connection, your intimacy outside the bedroom will start to get so much better. Your, that spouse will get so much more attentive to your needs right. when that need is being met for them. And so you have to you have to make it a priority. And if, if maybe you're there and you're just like, well, there's this medical issue where, you know, we're, we're actually going to do a future episode specifically on on like when 
when maybe there's something hindering even reaching an orgasm and you feel like you can't even you can't even get there and that's right. creating a stumbling block in your marriage and that's a little bit of a separate issue and we're going to talk about it specifically but for this issue of of just not really being in the mood not wanting to do it as much oftentimes there there is a medical or hormonal or psychological oh, yeah. reason behind it and instead of just saying well I'm not feeling it and so I'm not going to do it your feelings cannot be trusted in nearly any part of your life. God never gave us feelings to be the compass by which we make our decisions because feelings are deceitful. Um, And so instead of basing on your feelings, say, I know that it's important that we have a healthy, thriving sex life as part of our marriage. That's not happening. And frankly, I'm not feeling it right now. But instead of just saying, well, I'm not feeling it, so it's not a big deal. Say, no, we're going to prioritize this and I'm going to get checked out, whether it's a medical issue, a hormonal issue. You, you're smiling. You're like laughing. I am because, I mean, I'll just share this. Do you want me to just share? Uh, you share whatever you want. Okay. You're- so like after our fourth child, I think it was after Chatham, I just, and this women who've had kids, your hormones are all over the place during the pregnancy and after the pregnancy. And one thing that can often happen is you can have heightened sexual needs during the pregnancy. And then all of a sudden after they go like, totally like you don't have any need for it. (laughs) And plus, if you're nursing and you're, you know, chasing around kids, I mean, it's just, you don't feel sexual at all. You know, it's like working breasts. So it's like, even your body, (laughs) you're just like, I'm just like, I don't feel sexual. So like, I went through this period of time where I just, I just could tell that, you know, I don't have as high of a desire as Dave, but I do have desire. But all of a sudden this desire just wasn't there as much. And it kind of worried me. It were, I was concerned and I was concerned for our marriage too. Even though I knew I was going to do my best to fulfill Dave's needs, I want to enjoy this too, because I know that sex is best when we're both really into it, right? Yes. And so I went to this doctor who um, is a DO, I think it's like doctor of osteopath, and they do like extensive blood testing. They do more than like your average doctor's office. And so I got this full workup and found out that I I had very, very low testosterone. And in, in case you didn't know, guys, ladies have testosterone too, right? Yeah. Not as much as a man, but um, but I had, you know, for, for where a woman my age at the time should have been, it was very low. And so she said, like, we have some options to help you. I also had like low vitamin D. I found out a lot of different things. So she put me on some supplements. And then she said, we have this option of like a natural hormonal booster, basically. And it's called bioidentical hormones. Um, And I'd never heard of it. I researched it because I know you don't want to mess, you know, you got to be very careful with these things. And it's basically a pellet that they put in your hip. And it sounds really bizarre, but it's a real thing. And um, now that we live in Texas, it's like really big in Texas. I've seen commercials about it. So anyway, it's like, you know, it's all over the place. And they've been doing this in Europe for like a long time, even longer than than America has been doing this. But, but anyway, it, they put in a pellet based on kind of how low your your um, hormones are, and this just boosts your testosterone. Now, if you have low estrogen, it can boost your estrogen. So uh, with testosterone, though, it increases your sex drive. And it also makes you feel better. It helps you get better sleep. It helps you with your muscle tone. Like there's all these different things. You did grow a beard, which was so weird. I did not grow a beard. No, <laughs> no you if you have too much testosterone though, I'm sure it would probably have those kind of side effects. But anyway, for in the short term, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this. And I, I got a low dose of it. And let me tell you, it it definitely- Oh my gosh. <laughs> It was, it was the greatest era of my life. Like <laughs> she's chasing me around 
the bedroom. Oh my gosh. I don't know if it was like that. Tacky. And I would have to say, I'm not just a piece of meat here for That's your, like your pleasure. Dream. That's no, your dream. No, it, it was my dream. It was amazing. <laughs> so, Well, the reason I share this, uh, and, and I know guys, you probably hear way too much information about us than you'd really like to know, but I want to share this because it takes the stigma off of it. And I've, in personal circles, I've shared this because I think sometimes we're like, oh, I don't know if that seems extreme. I don't know if I want to do that. But for me, I what think I What seems extreme is not having sex in your marriage. Well, right, so exactly. I think we need to redefine what extreme is. I think that it's healthy to take whatever measures necessary right. to prioritize it like you did. And I was so thankful that you did. I felt really loved, you know, like acts of service is, is my primary love language. And it was an act of service in a really beautiful and intimate way for you to say, like, I want to be at my best, yeah, um, you know, physically, hormonally, in every way so that we can be at our best with the, the sexual aspect of our marriage. And so I felt so close to you, not only because we were having sex more frequently, which was awesome, um, but because simply you had made the effort to to make that happen. Yeah. And, and so it, it meant a lot. I mean, it really meant a lot. And I think if you're listening and you're that spouse that doesn't have higher drive, then right. taking those steps, even just taking those steps saying, I want to do whatever I need to do to, you know, help help be at our best. And, you know, I actually went through a season where I, I did something similar. Like I ended up, you know, getting blood work done. I was feeling real like lethargic and just didn't feel good. And um, some blood work showed that I had this thyroid disorder and that had impacted all different kinds of things in my body, My including my testosterone yep. was way, way low. Uh, you know, so uh, I... I had to think, well, what am I going to do? Because for the first time in my life, I didn't have any sex drive. Like I really didn't. And I even had anxiety about sex because I was afraid. Well, it made you have anxiety. Yeah. Because you were like, I don't know my, if I'm going to feel this or not. Like I, yeah, I don't know where I'm going off. to be. Right. I, I didn't know if I'd be able to perform, right. you know, just to be like, you know, very blunt. This is not an issue I ever dreamed that I would have. But here I am, you know, feeling like I, I don't know if I'm even going to be able to make love, which mm-hmm. is a just a terrifying feeling and, and a, um, a really an embarrassing one. And so we, we share every embarrassing detail of our lives for you guys <laughs> to just try to help you because if it helps right. you, then it's worth, it's worth it. Inflation is out of control and it just seems like money flies out the window. I look at our account daily and I'm just like, where does this money go? And you're probably the same way. And that's why I'm really excited about a new ad partner we have called Rocket Money. This is an app that helps you in real time see exactly where your money is going. And even more importantly, they'll help you identify and cancel subscriptions that you're not using. On average, they're saving their users $720 a year. I didn't think I had any subscriptions we weren't using, but this is what happens. You sign up for a, a free subscription to something, you're not using it, and that free subscription runs out. You're paying five or ten bucks a month for the rest of your life until you cancel it. Rocket Money helped us identify it get that under control, and save a bundle right from the start. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscription, guys. That's half a billion bucks. You need to get your share of that. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions today by going to rocketmoney.com slash naked. That's rocketmoney.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Start saving money today. I love learning. I know that sounds nerdy and dorky, but I just love learning. I love understanding history and how things fit together and what's happening in the world. But if you're like me, you're busy and it's hard to learn. It can be expensive to learn. Maybe you want to keep learning and growing. You're like, I don't know how to fit that into my schedule. I got the perfect solution for you. And it's Hillsdale 
College. Hillsdale College is a world-class accredited university that's offering some of their core courses for free. I mean, absolutely free. They're just wanting to spread knowledge here. I'm telling you, it sounds too good to be true, but it really is true. They're making it possible for you to learn about world economics and things like ancient Christianity, which I highly recommend. It's an 11 lecture course where you study the inspiring stories of Christ and his apostles and the faithful ones throughout the first centuries of Christianity, plus learning the the basics of Christian apologetics. And guys, you can do this for free. I'm so excited about what Hillsdale does. I love their commitment to faith and values, and you can take part in this by going to hillsdale.edu slash naked to enroll at no cost. And it's easy to get started. It's H-I-L-L-S-D-A-L-E dot E-D-U slash N-A-K-E-D to register. That's hillsdale.edu slash naked naked. Um, so, so I got the thyroid thing taken care of, got on mm-hmm. medication, um, you know, started altering my diet a little bit, not with the level of discipline I need to have. I still, you know, like ice cream way too much, uh, and started taking natural supplements. There are yep. tons of them out there that are, that are vitamins for, for So not actually taking, taking testosterone, but there are, well, you want to say some natural of them? Supp- supplements, like horny goat weed. Yeah, I tried that. It's literally called horny I, I goat weed. I tried that, which uh, <laughs> which was just fun. I thought I saw I saw that stuff sold in like gas station bathrooms, and then I became the guy. It's really sold in bathrooms in men's rooms. Yeah, what? you can buy. Yeah, like the the shady places next oh, to like no, the I didn't know that. colored condoms that, that and stuff. That makes me think differently about it. <laughs> so, so yeah, you can get it there. But I only took that a few times. What I ended up taking that was like really helpful was this this variety of vitamins um, that was designed to help naturally boost testosterone. Right. It didn't contain testosterone, but guys, you can get this stuff anywhere women there. I'm sure there are natural supplements made for you that are absolutely they're similar. And do your included research. like, you know, yeah. B vitamins and, and then a lot of other things to just help your body's chemistry get right. But the bottom line with all of this, it isn't us trying to push any kind of product or, you know, obviously none of these people are sponsoring the, the podcast. No, and we're, we are not doctors. We're not doctors. We're just telling we're you our personal this stories is our of things that can help. <laughs> but what we're challenging you to do beyond trying any specific brand or product or, or pathway is to just make effort. Keep yes. making effort until you find something that works for you. You know, right. I mean, I took some supplements that didn't seem to do anything. Um, and then yeah. I, I would stop and I would, you know, start taking something else. But it's like, you've got to make the effort to say, I want to be at my best physically, sexually, right. uh, mentally, spiritually, in every way. I want to be at my best as a way to honor God, as a way to serve my spouse, and as a way to be at my best for my family and those who depend on me. And don't settle for anything less, you know? Right. Because when you're in that feeling of a funk and you're tired, it's easy to just kind of be reclusive and say, well, this is just how I'm feeling. Everybody else can deal with it. And that's not the way to live. And you, we, yeah. we've got to step up and, and we've got to make make some changes sometimes. It's so true. And, you know, just to follow up on my story with the bioidentical uh, hormone pellet, I only, I think I did two rounds of that. And then I noticed how I was, after I knew that it had kind of fizzled out of my system, because you basically, it pulls, your body pulls from that pellet the testosterone that it needs, which is really cool. And it's bioidentical, so it's all natural really cool thing. But I found that after I knew that it had run its course, which I think it lasts about four months at a time, I I was like, you know what? I'm feeling more like myself. And so it was just that boost that my body needed to kind of normal, you know, become back to normal. And so I didn't continue doing it and I haven't done it in years. And, you know, I don't currently need it, but it is something where I would, if I felt like I was lacking energy, my sex drive was low, I wasn't sleeping well, I would do that again in a heartbeat. And I know Dave Dave even considered it with his hormonal issues too. So it is something that, you know, you might want to consider. But 
no matter what, just be willing to do whatever it takes to get your body kind of in the right state to have a healthy sex drive and to want to do it. But I also think one thing we really need to talk about here, that's like the medical side of things, is sometimes it's mental. I think yeah. we have this mental game going on in our minds where we're like, I don't need that. Or we're, we're kind of mad at our spouse and maybe we don't even realize that we have this built up kind of hidden resentment towards our spouse. And so whether we realize it or not, we're kind of punishing them by withholding sex. And that is a terrible place to be. And we need to realize that, you know, what's really going on in our mind and heart. And we need to talk about that and and find healing through that because, we, I mean, we've seen that kind of thinking and that kind of behavior ruin marriages. And so we've really got to get on top of that and talk to our spouse about it and say, listen, I am so sorry that I've been, you know, withholding sex from you and there's no excuse for this, but when I've really prayed about this and thought about this, what it comes down to is I don't feel like you really care about me. Like, yeah. I don't feel like you actually love me. You know, I think sometimes there's these deep wounds that we have and then we retaliate by withholding sex. So we've got to talk through those things. I mean, that's the whole point of a naked marriage is being naked in your conversations, being being naked about your your thoughts, your emotions. That's that's so true. And for the spouse who's sexually frustrated, um, you've got to fight the urge to just respond to your spouse with sarcasm or with demands or with oh yes, the, the, just pressure. The, the pressure, constant pressure. Even though everything in your body is feeling that and maybe yeah. feeling building resentment, you've got to serve your spouse by just you know letting them know what you need and desire, but then refusing to pressure and looking for ways to connect outside the bedroom, be willing to showing affection with them and physical touch that is intentionally not meant to lead towards sex. You know, whether it's given that foot rub, that back rub, and and not just in a way like, okay, I touched, I, I touched you and massaged you now, now meet my needs. Right. Um, now hopefully it'll happen, but that's, you have to be willing to do these things without the expectation. I know that is so difficult, but this is how you can serve your spouse. Just right. serve them in different ways without asking for anything in return. Um, pray together. I think praying together about every aspect of your marriage and even specifically about your needs and your sex drive, uh, that's something to pray about. Absolutely. Prayer is is one of the most intimate acts. In some ways, it's as intimate as sex itself yeah. when you're praying together with your spouse. And I think that God could use that to bring your hearts closer together, which eventually could you know, bring your bodies closer together. Right. And then if, if, if nothing else is really having the desired outcome, then do be willing to seek medical attention and also seek counseling. Sometimes Christian sitting down with, with a Christian counselor mm-hmm. Um, make sure it's a Christian counselor. You know, we we had a, a we knew a couple from church that was in the situation, that, mm-hmm. and in their case, the husband wanted sex with a lot of frequency. The wife um, just really, really didn't, and it had become a huge sticking point in their marriage. And they went to a just a, a secular counselor, and he said, or she said, I don't know if it was a man or a woman, mm-hmm. but said um, the best thing I can advise for you guys, if if you want your marriage to last, is to have an open marriage. She said, you know, you just need to give him permission to go and meet his need with other other women and 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 be okay with that. And so they were horrified. They were. They knew as, it was wrong. As Christians. Yeah. And just for the record, that's terrible, terrible advice. But when you're out there in the world and people aren't coming from a biblical worldview, you just don't know what kind of advice you're going to get. And so God's plan is that you're in a lifelong monogamous relationship. Right. There is no area or person or, or outlet for sexual fulfillment outside of your spouse and outside of, of, of the marriage. And right. so don't bring anything or anyone else into that. Um, but also work hard to, to make sure that you can 
That's you can, um, you know, keep moving forward. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we, we kind of touched on this, but just to kind of go deeper with this is you got to have these gut level, honest conversations yeah. with each other. Now you need to do it in a loving way, not an accusing way or not in a, in a way where you're just trying to hurt your spouse, but you do need to share the hard truths. Like if you are asking your spouse, which you do need to do this, like if your spouse never wants to have sex, you need to go to them and say, listen, I, I can tell that you just have no desire for me right now. And you seem to always just shut down when I make any sexual advances towards you. What is it? Have I done something wrong? And I think if you, if you always, if you approach your spouse by asking what you've done wrong, it's very disarming. Yeah, it's very disarming. And just say, even if like in your mind, you're like, I know I haven't done anything wrong. You need to go to them and ask because maybe you have and you just don't realize it. And it's not something you did intentionally to hurt them or or, or me that you're, uh, need that you're not meeting. I mean, it could be lots of things. And just go and ask them and be prepared for an honest, maybe difficult answer to hear. Yeah. And, it, and, and it once could be you hear it about you, or it could, I mean, it or could about be, them. Yeah. It could be a sexual abuse issue. You know, a lot of people right. are carrying these deep wounds of sexual abuse and they have a hard time, you know, with just the act of sex itself without identifying it with Absolutely. some horrific experience from their past. You've got to be willing to talk about all these things. Yes. You know, you've got to be willing to confess sometimes. Guys, if, if your wife comes to you and she's like, why, why do you never want to make love? And you've got this porn and masturbation problem mm-hmm. where you're you're meeting this need on your own terms on your own which is is wrong. It is absolutely so wrong. We talk about porn a lot. It's 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 tragic. It's sadly part of my past uh, and a sin that, that we had to work through. But that there's no place for that in marriage. But you've got to be willing to to get all of that out, whatever the secret might be, whatever the issue might be, um, and and talk about it. Right now, so sometimes it is a is a sin issue or hurt issue. Sometimes it's something else, and sometimes they might not even know why they're not feeling it. Right. But you have to be willing. Um, to talk about it. And also know that just because your spouse might not be the one who initiates right. doesn't mean that they don't want to do it. So don't take it personally if if they're not initiating as much as you are. Right. I remember at, during one season of our marriage, we've been married almost 18 years this month. So we're so excited. I know, excited. it's Yay. almost the anniversary. Uh, but we, you know, I remember there was a time, I can't even remember when, probably in the middle somewhere, where Dave was just like, you don't ever seem to initiate, you know? And I, I remember distinctly me saying, sweetie, I I would like to initiate, but you kind of always beat me to it. You know, like I I don't really get a chance to because again, like he had the higher has the higher need right. and the higher I for frequency. Said, I did. I was like, said, I never, never get a chance. Give me a chance to because every five <laughs> minutes I'm trying to initiate, and so. But you didn't even know, like, because you really <laughs> thought in your mind, you just thought I never like wanted to wanted to initiate sex, and it, it wasn't that I didn't want to. I really just did not have the chance because my need for frequency was a little lower. And so, you know, it, 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 Dave would beat me to it. So anyway, it, and I think it kind of gave you a new understanding because you were like, oh, she does want to be with me. She she is attracted to me. I'm just the one who's always initiating because I have the higher need for frequency. Yeah. So, yeah. so again, just talking through these things. Yes. Communicating is always the best foreplay. And it's always just the way to, to get to the root of whatever's going on in your marriage. Absolutely. So this has been a great discussion. Hey, if you guys want to continue this discussion um, or, or have some tools to help you continue this discussion, we've got a couple books um, that I think could really help. One is called The Naked Marriage, same mm-hmm. as the podcast. 
And if you're not a reader, but you're you're clearly a listener because you're listening to this, The Naked Marriage is available as an audiobook on Amazon and on iTunes. And it's with us narrating. Yeah, it's a, so, so if yeah. it's us us talking through it and it's it's we had so much fun doing that, sharing a lot of our own story along the way. We also have a, a book called The Naked Truth About Sex, which mm-hmm. you can get um you know, on Amazon. You can also find these resources at marriagetoday.com. We're part of the the wonderful marriage ministry at Marriage Today. Uh, and you can find a bunch of resources from us and from Jimmy Evans and others as well. And so um, we're getting ready to move into a summer season with our podcast. And I am so, so stoked about what's happened in this summer because over this past year, We've um, we've had sessions during the XO tour. If you've never been to one of our XO have to marriage go. conference tour stops, we'd love to see you in the future. Go to xomarriage.com. You can learn more. But this past year, we ended um, our, our final session with a Q&A, a live Q&A, where we took questions from the audience in real time, and we answered the biggest questions about marriage. Some of the questions were really funny and fun. Some were very, very serious and mm-hmm. heartfelt. And then we've taken those because we had such positive feedback from those who were who were there at those live events for the Q&A that we said, we've got to share this with our podcast listeners. Yes. So we're creating episodes this summer that are uh, just building on the recorded answers from those live Q&A sessions from the EXO conferences this past spring. And there were some great, great questions that we got. And so I hope that uh, that that as we're taking a, a little bit of a break from the regular style of the program over the summer, that you guys will be really encouraged by that. I'm so excited to share those those episodes with you. That's right. We can't wait. And we hope you guys are gearing up for summer and that you have a great summer and listen to these Q&A sessions. They're awesome. And it might answer some of your burning questions because, you know, we get some really great questions out of those. So we hope to see you guys next time.